peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This is Karev and tonight we have a great interview coming up with one of my favorite rappers of all time. One of the most quoted and quotable rappers ever whose bars have become hooks in some of your favorite songs. Today we have Billy Dan's of the world famous first family M.O.P. on Heritage Hip Hop. Before we get into this extraordinary podcast interview first we got to pay the bills this podcast is being sponsored by transparent credit repair the superheroes of the credit and financial literacy world if you're looking to give your pockets some room to breathe and you want to get some stress and debt off of your name you could go to www.transparentcreditrepair.com or call 862-250-5122 and get the relief that you need to make sure that you can obtain financial stability that means no bankruptcy coming out of debt and giving yourself a means to better have support with your own money and to invest once again that's transparent credit repair at www.transparentcreditrepair.com or you can call them at 862-250-5122 and if you go online use the code hh1 and you may get something special thrown your way Right about now, we're about to get into an interview that not only showed the heritage hip-hop that it's on the right path, but we got a cosign from an OG that not only lives what he says, but he inspires through what he says. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for this great interview, and I'll come back with my commentary. Peace and blessings, everybody. This is Karaz from Heritage Hip-Hop. And if you know me personally, you know M.O.P. is one of my top three favorite hip-hop groups of all time. So please, to my guests, introduce yourself to the people that's listening. Yeah, yeah. What's up, world? It's your man, Billy Dance, man. World-famous M.O.P. firing squad. I'm not in the building. I'm built it, and I know my way around. What's good, y'all? Hey, man. It's hey. a pleasure to finally get to talk to you. I've been wanting this interview for some years. And to give the most high his credit, only he could have made it happen when you get to talk to somebody that you respect for not only what he says on the mic, but how he carries himself. So how you doing today? I'm good, brother. I'm, uh, you know, I'm out here like everybody else fighting the fight on top of the fight. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm holding my head, whole family safe, you know, God bless. You know what I mean? Hope, hope that you're safe and your family's safe as well, brother. Yeah, thank you very much, man. So I don't like to go into, with veteran MCs, I don't like to go into the past too much because anybody can Google you and figure out who you are. And if they don't know who you are by now, they lost. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I just want to talk to you about not your beginnings, but what makes you stable. And one of my favorite lines from Billy Danzy is, I went from YG to OG to OG to YG. That's a very big statement right there. So yeah. from the from the humble beginnings of MOP, how did Billy Daz find his voice and exactly know how to project what he wanted to say? I mean, it's, it's just years of, you know, it's trial and error, right? So everything that a lot of the rappers talk about in the music <clears throat> of how, you know, about how their life was before music is the actual life that I lived. So I tried everything from, you know, hustling to working to robbing and stealing and that really, I mean, I did, I don't want to say I did good at it, but I did, you know what I mean? I did what I was supposed <laughs> to do there to keep my head, keep my head above water. Uh, but with the music, it, it came a little different because now, um, I was able to express myself without hurting anybody or putting myself in harm's way. Um, 
and then, you know, getting the reaction from the fans and the people, not just in my community or just communities like mine, but around the world. And that helped me develop the person that people see today uh, because, you know, like like I said, it's all trial and error through, through the most part of your life, and that's what anybody. But now, you know, I'm stable. I'm situated. I know who I am. I know how to reach my fans. I know how to talk to my people, um, which is that part of society that people try to forget about. Um, so it's, it's kind of easy for me. Just all I got to do is be myself, bro. And being yourself and making the rounds that you have, you have cemented yourself as one of the most known quotable rappers in history. I know that most people don't go at that as a goal, but to know that your bar stand up as one of the most jeweled out rappers that comes from the '90s generation, our, our generation on, how, how, how does that how does that title feel on, on you? Well, to be honest, bro, I never heard it until you just said it, and I'm really? going to post it. I'm definitely going to post this as soon as we're done with this interview that uh, <clears throat> you said that to me. And, and as soon as you said it, now it hit me because now I got all these lines flying through my head, right? I'm like, I am pretty dope. <laughs> oh, definitely. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, 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 think about this. You are the most, you are one of the most sampled voices in hip hop when it comes to scratching um, breaks, bars, beats, whatever. Come on. Let them niggas know you went, what you went to. Use your potential. Like, fire and yeah, yeah. those, those are Those are little bars and little lines right there that when you say that, people instantaneously know who you are. Right. But you know what, bro? Like, the feeling of it, like I said, it just hit me because you said it. But I'm always, when I'm writing, I'm just pouring out my natural feeling, like exactly how I feel at that moment. So I never look at it like, okay, if I say this, people are going to go nuts uh, because I'm trying to please myself first uh, mm. with what I write and, you know, how I display it. I, I mean, I, I really deal with passion, bro. Like everything that I do is passion. From dude, I don't I don't care if I'm cooking, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, if I'm in the booth. Anything I do, I do it with passion. So if it comes across like uh, like this, and you know, people get people can say, "Well, I'm one of the most quotables." I appreciate it, bro. It feels great, and I'm actually gonna start. Right, I'm gonna write a song today just because you said that to me. I, I appreciate it. it. Core heritage hip hop in it, please. I appreciate that. I definitely will, brother. But, but, most, but more, more, most importantly, with that, though, I was listening to an interview. Like I said, I'm a big MOP fan. So, like, the first time I heard How About Some Hardcore, I think I threw something at my wall and said, What the hell is this? And I was in love with it. Shout out to <laughs> Kitten Play, right? Because they put y'all on the um, House Party 3 soundtrack, right? Yeah. Uh, That's what they Exactly. It was one of them because Kid and Play, Kid and Play made it happen. So that's why I was happy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. But um, but but even from coming from there, and all the interviews I've seen of you, there's one thing that you said in the interview. Well, two interviews that stood out to me the most, and one was when you said, and I don't remember the interview right now, but it was you said a liar is a person that's unhappy within themselves. And when you say that you write from your passion, that means you found your spot to be true to yourself. What is the power of truth, and how do you project it with your passion? Well, I mean, the power of truth is, like, this is how you get by. Like, if, if, you, wasn't, if you don't live your life, if you don't live the truth, then you're yeah. basically, um, you know, you're basically in a bubble. 
You know what I'm saying? You're like, mm-hmm. uh, I forget what the name of the movie was when dude was, uh, just living in this, in this reality show and he didn't even Truman know. Truman show. The Truman show, exactly. You're basically Truman. Um, it's so easy to be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Whether, mm-hmm. whether you're up or down, like it's easy to be yourself. Like I, I was thinking about this the other day, how people, like even from the smallest thing, right? Like putting rims on your car. Right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you put rims on your car, or the females dressed in a certain way, or whatever. Like you can't possibly say that's not for someone else because when you're in the car driving, you can't even see the rims. And when you're wearing a certain kind of pants, and you know, you can, what are you going to do? Turn around all day, look at your own ass? Like you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for other people. So if you live in your life. Uh, according to what people think or what people think about you, then whose life are you actually living? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, whose life are you actually living? You know, it's more, it's more important to be, be, you know, to be grounded with yourself than to be amazing to other people because if a little bit of that amazingness goes away, then you're no longer amazing. Now, you, now you're at square one again, trying to still figure out who you are as a grown person you know what i mean which it just doesn't make sense to me brother you yeah know? And, 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 and i mean even coming from truth to like i said in my opinion you're one half of one of the greatest hip-hop groups of all time and your partner salute to Lil fame he's he's a he's a he's a he's a great wordsmith as well and his production over years has not only excelled but he's found his style how did you keep yourself as an individual in one of the greatest groups ever and still blend into being a, a dynamic duo well see that's the thing we're not a group we're only a group to the world mm. and i say that because before music me and fame are now together like we we've been friends so long bro like we're no longer friends anymore we're, we're family but we've been a part of each other's life for so long that we don't even know where we met, how we met, or when we met. <laughs> like, it's, it's that far. And, and you know what I thought? I was the only one that couldn't figure it out, right? I'm like, man, I don't remember. And I've been saying to myself for years, like, I can't remember where we met. But just a, maybe about a month or so ago, we did a, uh, uh, in January, actually, in February, I'm sorry, we did an interview. We were overseas touring in Germany, and we did an interview with a guy, and he asked that question. How'd you guys meet? Where'd you guys meet? Blah, 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 whatever. And I waited for fame to answer. I'm just sitting there looking at him because I want to know too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Fame said exactly what I say. He don't remember. You know what I mean? So we're we're not a group. So, like, we know each other in and out. So there's Mm -hmm. beats, like, when it's time to make records, there's beats that he selects simply because I would be at my best on it. And he knows it. And I could be halfway across the country somewhere. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So we mm-hmm. know each other that well. Uh, and being, you know, being, you know, individuals in the group starts from right there because we were never a group from the beginning. We were always, he was always fame. I was always Bill. So it's easy for us to, you know, uh, stay as individuals when we make records. That's funny because you know what I'm a um a, my profession I'm a teacher right now I teach preschool but I also taught in college right okay and in my college life a lot, a lot of the ch- a lot of the kids but the students would ask me who did I listen to and um I, I I gave them you I gave them Nas Redman Jada you know what I'm saying 
Right. And, and, the, and the funniest thing is one of my students who's actually a battle rapper now, he told me, in, 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 in MOP, he was confused because y'all are so different that y'all blend perfectly. He, he said, and he said from his understanding of hip-hop, MOP is my generation's G-Rap and Big Daddy Kane as a group. How does that hit you? <laughs> That's dope. I'm posting that too, champ. I <laughs> I've never, you know, we've been, we've been compared to a lot of, you know, to a lot of people, not a lot, but the people that we have been compared to were like amazing, like the G-Raps, the, you know, Big Daddy Kane's, um, Run DMC. Um, so to hear, to hear that is it, kind of nuts. Now, when you think about blending, most, groups don't they don't blend together well because mm. most of them do the same thing anyway you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when you're doing the same thing you don't have to blend uh with me and fame it's a natural it's natural how we are um and the blend is just from what we represent it blends so well because we represent the same thing the same way but from different angles, so to speak, you know what I'm saying? Like okay. different, different deliveries of it. Like fame is like a wordsmith dude. Like he is nuts with his wordplay. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's he's somebody like if you were, if you're a rapper, you would be stuck on the way he, uh, you know, put his his words together. Right. Um, it's been told to me like if you know, if you're a rapper, you could enjoy billy dance but if you're uh a dude of passion or a dude from the block you really understand me a little bit more because you know that's kind of who the audience that i hit um unconsciously i wasn't you know i wasn't trying to go you know what i only want the dudes that stand in the middle of the block from eight to nine you know what i'm saying like not those <laughs> right. i, I right. was just delivering the way that i that i delivered you know what I mean, and and it's a ble- it's been a blessing, bro. Like I mean, we're still in the game all this time, still touring, still doing big deals, still you know making you know keeping our footprint footprints planted um, in the, in the game. You know what I mean, and, and just because of that, because because we've always been different, and because we do come from that era before the G Raps, the Kings, the Kims, we wanted to do it different. If there was a dude, if there was a group that sounded the way MOP sound, then me and Fame would be MOP, but you would have a different perspective because we would have delivered it different because we would never want to do what another artist or another group does. And y'all do it so well. And I want to give a shout out to Doggy Diamonds because he's somebody I really respect and look at his interviews. And he asked you one of the questions I wanted to ask you when I heard I had this interview like a couple months ago. And it was the question about, do y'all do your atlas or practice your atlas before you bang out the track? And you said yes. Mm-hmm. So then I had me think that se- that being in sequence means that you have a connection within your within your your, your your unit that is so organic that most people who try to get into the business can't seem to replicate and they fail. Right. Does that does does that does that that sequence and um does that exist with everybody on the team besides just you and Fame? Yeah, well I mean see everybody plays a role, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's the music side of MOP, the street side of MOP, or just the family side of MOP. Everybody stands out a lot. 
in whatever field. You know what I'm saying? Like, Flip is like the most respectful gangster I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's all the way G, though. You know what I'm saying? All the way. He's an older dude now, but he's official. He's planning the street. He's always been planted, but he's always had this level of respect where he kind of handles himself different from all the other real gangsters that you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the same with us with making music. We handle ourselves different from all the serious rappers. Um, Fox handles herself different. Lays as a, a as a big brother figure, manager figure, producer figure. He does it different from everything, every everybody else that I know in the business. So it's just something that we have that we take pride in. Be different. You know what I mean? Like be different because you stand out more. You know what I'm saying? Like there's dudes in the business that had much bigger deals than MOP, um, but they just kind of felt like everybody else that had a deal. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like MOP, like the deals that we had, like we stood out because we did it different. Our approach was different. And look, what people don't understand is like we had deals with all the major labels. Um, and then we had the deals with the, you know, some other labels and these cats, these cats, you know, they wanted to do deals with MOP, whether it was G Unit, Rockefeller, uh, whatever labels, other labels that we were in. Like, they wanted to do deals with MOP because they were fans of MOP. Right. Not because of just the business of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's key to be different, bro, because that's how you last long. You just be different because, you, you know, this business is so crazy. You have highs and lows. Uh, you don't know what's going to work, what, what will work. So if you're different, you could stand out. And at the very least, you at least get the attention of enough people so you can keep going. You can do it again next time. You keep growing and keep growing your brand. Just be different. That's very, very important um, in the music industry or anything that you do, any business, you know, um, big business. Like you think about years ago, we had like MySpace. Uh-huh. Um, a few years after that, here comes Facebook. Facebook is basically MySpace on steroids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so the dude Zuckerberg just figure out, you know what, he's doing it like this. We'll do it like that, but then we'll add this and add this and add this, and boom, here you go, $200 billion company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because mm-hmm. he did it different. <laughs> That's all yeah, it right. is. Just because you do it different, bro. And it's, it's key in anything that you do, brother. And knowing branding, I want to ask you, because your team – like I said, if you're a fan, you follow. Teflon was an addition to the uh, MOP First Family that when he came out, when I heard, do you want the rawness? No mm-hmm. doubt. I mean, it was like, oh, my God, is another one? Yeah. Yeah. I remember being in high school when that came out, that album came out, and I was handing out the demo, like, like the little sampler, the snippets. I was handing them out in my high school, like, y'all, MOP got another one. Yo, check it out, check it out. And people was like, yo, this nigga hot as hell. Who's Teflon? I'm like, I don't know. Was Teflon always there, or did y'all bring them in and graft them into the family? No, Tef, listen, if you ever look at a picture of me and Tef, you see I'm I'm towering over Tef. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Tef's been in the family so long, like Tef is a part of the family. But mm. why I'm saying that is because we could show you pictures from when we were kids and Tef was towering over me. And Tef ain't that short. <laughs> and Tef ain't that tall, excuse me. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
so <laughs> so it's way way back bro like way way back it's not chess is not new to the family when y'all first heard him he was new to the world as an artist but he is not new to the family and even if, if so and to say it if we weren't doing music Kef was is still a part of the family. You know what I'm saying? He was always there. Well, shout out to him and Fox because, I mean, like I said, the first family was a movement that people really wanted and loved in my land. You know what I'm saying? And coming from that, y'all also were part of Gangstar's family. Shout out to Premier. Of course. Shout how, out to how, did Premier. how did that blend happen? And what made it so pure? Well, that, that happened from just being the fan of Gangstar's. I mean, come on, dude, just to get a rep? That's yeah, all I know. we needed right there. So we would see, you know, every now and again, you may see Guru, you may see Premier passing through Brownsville going to East New York, never, ever thinking that you would someday uh, do a record with them because we weren't even thinking about records at the time. And mm-hmm. uh, one day, me and my boy, uh, God bless him, OG Boobang, we were on the train after How About Some Hardcore came out, and... We staring this dude down. Well, some dude is looking at us from the other end of the train. So we staring him down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Once I get close to him, I realize it's J. Rude Damager. Now, we were seeing his video move around the same time. How about some hardcore move? So, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we walked up on him. Yo, what up? Boop, boop, boop. He's like, yeah, I know y'all are. Boop, boop, boop. He's like, yo, Premier loves y'all. I'm like, you talking about DJ Premier? <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So then I don't know how it happened from there, but we were invited to the radio station that Premier was playing on. And uh, we went up there to see Premier. He tell, when he tells this story, he'd be like, I'll never forget the day when y'all came up there, Bill. You had your hat so low. You was looking at me like you wanted to set it on me. <laughs> Dude, I was just in shock. You know what I'm saying? It's DJ yeah. So And from there, bro, we started to uh, work on – there was supposed to be a remix to How About Some Hardcore. Right. We were in the D&D studio. We went up there so Premier could remix How About Some Hardcore. As he's making this beat, I've never actually seen someone make a beat before. Mm-hmm. Um, he's making this beat. He had a kick. He had a snare. That's all I remember. I got hungry. I went downstairs to get something to eat. I came back like 20, 30 minutes later, and he had the beat to the first downtown swinger that we did. Oh, my God. It kind of started right there, dude, and we kind of never left each other's side. I just crazy, though, because I just seen a picture of me, Premier, and my son when he was, like, maybe two or three years old. Uh, Kev just sent it to me. He just sent it to me on my phone, like, two days ago. Crazy, crazy, man. So, yeah, we've just been a part of the <clears throat> GameStar Foundation uh, since that moment, and then, you know, Guru – took a liking to us and took us they took us they took us on our first tour nice. um, not just around the city not just around the country but they took us around the world um and embraced us and and embraced us and brought us along and gave us gave us the floor unselfishly you know what i'm saying like go out right. and get busy gave us all the pointers all the tips that we needed to uh, to develop a dope show and develop as a dope artist and fame as a uh, as a producer, um, fame. You know, anytime he got it, he stopped on some kind of production. He can call Premier. He just said this to me, straight up, bro. He just said this to me two days ago. Anytime mm. I need Premier, man, I could call him and he can help me. He helps me, blah blah blah. 
Now we love them dudes, man, and they love us, man. So it's always family, and that goes on any level. So if a, you know, if anybody think about getting out of pocket with anybody from Gangstar, then you're getting out of pocket with MOP too. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm not putting that out there to be negative. I'm just saying that's my family. Yeah, that's that's the love you got. Need, right. Yeah, I need you to respect my family. Same way you need right. to respect us. You dig? How, how did Guru influence you? Yo, dude, how? How? Uh, first of all, his rap style was just nuts, right? Yeah, the no monotone flow was official. Yo, as slick as he was rapping, like the way he would, and then sometimes he would jumble words up, and but he ends it right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he just did all kind of wild stuff, and his voice, yeah, Guru has one of the illest voices in hip hop history. Now there may be more that's gonna come down the pipe. But one that's solid, solidified, and will never go anywhere is Guru. Yeah. Dude is nuts. When I tell you he's nuts, I mean he was so nuts, dude. And what was fly is, like, a lot of rappers don't – their rap voice is not the same as their speaking voice. Right. His was exactly the same. And he never fronted – he was always who he was. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never seen Guru – on Monday, and he was all uppity, and we were friends, and then the next two weeks, he was acting funny. He was always just who he was, bro. Love that about him, man. Miss him, man. Rest in peace to Guru, man. Work. Exactly. Exactly. And the reason why I ask that question is because when greatness inspires greatness, the world changes, because inspiration, not only is it God-given, but it's given through the influence of God through men. You see what I'm saying? Right. And one thing, and one thing I um always seen about Premier is whenever he set himself up with somebody, not only did he bring the best out of them, but he was able to show them that there's more to them than the average that that, that the average person would hear. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, um, right. and the way he been to Big L, were y'all tight with Big L as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. L was cool. You know what? I seen him maybe I want to say a couple of months before you know he passed. Um. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that we were, like, super, super cool because we didn't have that much time to spend with each other. Right. But from meeting him, the time that when we first met to the time, to that last time I met him, it was 100%. You know what I'm saying? It was 100%. Last time I talked to him, I want to say we were in Virginia, standing on in the middle of the block somewhere. I can't remember. Well, I know we were standing in the middle of the block, and we were having this conversation about music. And one thing I liked about, you know, the rappers from that era, especially when they, when we mingled with other rappers, like we didn't portray to be bigger than the person we were talking to. Right. You know what I'm saying? We didn't put, we didn't like, you know what? I'm nice. I'm nice too. I can rap. I rap too. You know what I'm saying? It was just that. And it was more about if it was any kind of competition we had, it was more about friendly competition. If I heard a big L song, or if I heard a Buster song or whoever, if I heard that song, I wouldn't hate on him. You know what I'm saying? I would just go, oh, that's inspiring me to do something different. You know what I mean? So, you know, and, and Big L, I mean, I mean, we know now, right, that he's like one of the greatest. Back then, of course, we knew he was sharp and, and right. deserved to have a title, but we just didn't see it like that. We just seen it as, you know, a great, a good dude from uptown 
who someday we're going to do a record with because we should. You know what I mean? And rest in peace to Big yeah. L, man. Good, exactly. good guy, man. He definitely put his stamp in hip-hop. And when I tell you, dude, because, you know, he's been he's been going for a long time. <clears throat> but when you put on a Big L record anywhere around the world, people lose their mind, dude. They lose their mind, man. Lose their mind. I love it, bro. I want to ask you this question. Cause this is this is something that really hits my heart. Cause this is why I think hip hop fails today, and a lot of the younger generations don't really see it. Cause maybe it wasn't taught to them, which is a shame. I don't think hip hop pays homage like it should. I did an interview with Bumpy Knuckles, and he talked about the Flavor Unit and y'all MOP, and he talked about Naughty, and he talked about that with admiration to the point where he feels like he gives them respect and gives y'all respect by not being corny, horrible, or lazy on a track. And today, I don't see a lot of people paying homage, not even with um, respect to the past, but even upholding tra the tradition. What, what do you feel about that? You know what? I think they don't know how. You okay. Know what I mean? So I don't, I don't fault any of the young rappers, the rappers of today, like the ones that came out last year. We can't fault them for not paying homage to cats that came out in the 90s because the cats before them didn't pay the homage. You know what I'm saying? So they were right. doing what they see. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, when you know, every little kid sounds sounds the same now, and that's only because people make them believe this is what they have to sound like in order to get involved or in order to be a big artist. The fans don't allow them to be themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and that's the music side of it. The homage side comes from, you know, they, they just don't get it. Like, somebody needs to teach them. You know what I'm saying? And the problem with teaching uh, a young kid who was actually a grown man, he's just younger than us, the problem mm -hmm. with teaching him um, something that he don't know is you got to take him away from something that he believes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you take them away from something that he believes? You can't take me away from what I believe. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then it, it, goes, it goes deeper than just music or just being an artist. Like, the, the respect level that we had for the people older than us in our neighborhoods, I'm talking about Miss Pearl, Miss Debbie, and Mr. Frank, and you know what I'm saying? I was talking mm -hmm. about the respect level that we had for them and even our parents, right? Like, these kids don't have that same respect for their their, their elders or even their parents. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. and we can't we can't point the finger and say uh, it's Soldier Boy's fault or it's this one's fault. Or, we can't point the finger. That's right. just how people live, and people are entitled to feel the way they feel. If they don't want to pay homage, um, then that that's on them. In some weird way, they 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 probably do. You know what I'm saying? They just won't let it go publicly. It's like the the, the fat girl, you know, who's actually cute in the face. And nobody really likes it, but you kind of like it, but you don't let nobody know. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. so it's, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really, um, uh, fiddle with that because it's, it's not my place. One thing I can say about hip hop as a whole is it's a beautiful thing, bro, because those kids that don't pay homage, they don't realize it, but from what was created way before they were born, is this is the reason why you can afford the the truck that you're driving or the house that you bought for your mother. You know what right. I mean? So hip-hop, I, I call it this thing of ours. And um, 
like if you take all the major corporations, the tech companies, the major league sports franchise, collectively, I mean collectively, they haven't been able to secure more homes in the urban community as the pop has. So this is a beautiful, beautiful thing, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Long live hip hop, bro. I love this thing. This thing of ours. You know? Salute. Facts. But you pay homage to hip hop in so many ways. And um, let's talk about the six o'clock briefing. That was a homage record. Tell me about tell me about how that came about. And, and, and why was that the first song that, that people really got from you to hear you solo? Well, really, it was it, it was the time. You know, mm-hmm. what was going on in the times. Like, there was a lot of um, African-American or people from the urban communities being shot down by white police officers. I mean, shot in the back, shot 10, 15 times, you know. So, and I kind of felt like our president, um, regardless if he was black or white, he just happened to be black. Um, so, and... I, it felt like he was just kind of sitting back, not sitting back, letting it happen, but he wasn't addressing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and people was like, yo, he's just, I'm Bill dissing Obama. I'm not, I wasn't dissing him. I was just telling him, I was reporting from the hood. I was briefing yeah. him from the hood what was going on and how, how I kind of view it. Not us. This is how I saw it. You know what I mean? He even, you know, he liked the song. He sent the tweet out, said something about the record and everything. Um, and he understood, he understood where I was coming from. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. so, and, and, and that's why I, I put the record out, because I felt like it it was bothering me. You know what I mean? I had a, 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 a young little kid in my in my house who actually clammed up on the table and just pressed a button on the, on the computer, and the beat came on. Mm-hmm. And that beat, he liked the beat. And as I'm watching this young kid, our future, run around the, my living room, I'm going... Wow, and the horns was blaring. It felt real presidential. So yeah. that's what that's what drew me to it. And I, you know, I wrote, and I didn't want to write. It was just a just a quick briefing. Dude, this is what's going on. You know what I mean? You're kind of sitting in the bleachers. You know what I mean? Like you got to do something about it, though. But whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, and it was like I said, it wasn't no disrespect towards Obama or his legacy. I uh, just wanted to get my feelings out, which is what I always do on records, but I needed to get my feelings out on, on that one. And people accepted it. People liked the record. So I mean, on the, oh, yeah, it's a great record because, I mean, on the flip side of it, like I said, giving homage. You you right. sounded like you sounded like a representative of people who was not who did not have a voice. And that's what hip-hop always was. It was giving a voice to those who, seen, who were deemed voiceless. So you didn't come as a rapper. You came not only as a politician, you came as like an elder statesman for people who really needed to be heard. And like I right. said, that part of paying homage is what we need to see more in hip-hop. I mean, even to quote you, you said in one um, in one um, interview, you said how you want to see the people in battle rap get off of some of the stuff that they do, and somebody's going to have to come one day different and make people think and not just be about gun lyrics. Right. It, seems, it seems that Billy Dance has taken the elder statesman role. Remember, from YG to OG, uh, OG, YG to OG, OG to YG. Now he's teaching his lessons because he's lived that moment and he understands the complexity and simplicity of men's actions and their words. Am I correct? Exactly, bro. And what am I supposed to do, right? Am I supposed to have this conversation like I did when I was uh, – 
a 22-year-old kid. Like I told, I gave you how about some hardcore and blue steel and all that because that's where I was at that time. I'm a grown man with a family. You know what I'm saying? Like we never understood how important the elections was because as kids we didn't see the effect. We didn't feel the effect. You know what I mean? Our elders or our parents hid that from us. You know what I mean? Maybe they were going through it, but we didn't didn't know nothing about that. So now moving forward, like things that I see, whether it be – unnecessary beef in hip-hop, we know somebody could potentially get hurt. So me, yeah. as, as fuck, you know, fuck being an artist, just me as a man, if I can get a hold of one of these dudes and go, yo, dude, and, you know what I mean? Like, kind of, you know, pull back or something and try to persuade him to go and have a conversation with that man instead of poking your chest out. Because if you poke your chest out, I don't care how humble I am at this moment, but if you come to me with your chest poked out, I'm poking mine out too. You know what yeah. I mean? And the real the real thing is, like, these kids, even though a lot of them been through a lot and, you know, friends passing and family members passing, it don't really hit them until they get old enough to realize, damn, the dude I went to school with that was a really good friend of mine in the seventh grade is no longer here because he was senselessly shot down at the club because uh, somebody's girlfriend was close to him. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, I can say that now because I've seen so many of those uh, situations, and I feel ridiculous right now. You know what I mean? When I think about it, it feels ridiculous that I was okay with, not okay, but it was okay. It was normal, let me say. It feels normal when someone up the block get murdered or someone in the building found dead somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was normal. That's not normal. Like, we can go, yo, we hard over here, we street over here, we hood over here. But who are you saying that to except for somebody that's saying the same thing on the other side of the street, which means at some point y'all going to clash, somebody's going to die, and life's going to go yeah. on without you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's really working. Come on. I mean, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that. That, that, was, that was most pivotal because that leads me into my next question, which goes kind of into the baker's dozen. Which is a nice thirteen track um project that you put out that made me think Billy Danzy's on his grown man. He's dancing on tracks now. He ain't even just spitting no more. He's dropping even more jewels. The um Any Up was your most the biggest chart topping song, but what do you think is your most important song that you made? Could it be from the new things or was it, you know, a past drink? Well, as far as the records that we have, it could be multiples depending on what state of mind you're in. It could be, okay. you know, Annie Up could be something. And people, for, by the way, people think Annie Up is about robbing people, and it feels like that, and it is. But <laughs> from my angle of it, it's more about we were in the game at that point for, you know, a substantial amount of time, made amazing records, destroyed everybody on their own records, destroyed everybody on the stages. And still, people didn't give us our proper respect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's more about Annie up. You know what I mean? Give us our proper respect. But yeah, I, I can't really say which song was the more important song. And I can't even say if some of the new songs are. But the, the new records that I'm putting out, like, and I, I mean, like, the, the, the Baker's Dozen, like the six-pack was just kind of the warm-up. I don't know if you got wind of that one, but it was just six joints that I put together and put out, and that was just to kind of reopen the veins um, 
the Baker's Dozen, which is 15, excuse me, uh, 13 songs, was more about just bouncing around with records and making sure people understood me as an individual because a lot of people just know MOP as the group and for this one particular sound. So I really needed to kind of help people understand that I actually can rap and I can make good records. I'm definitely going to go back to the wow records where you get your anti-ups and, uh, and uh, you know, cold as ice and all them drinks that we did in the past. But then this next piece that I'm doing is going to be something totally different from what I've already given you. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I, need, I need to continue to do it different so people can see the different sides. Um, by the way, the six-pack, the first release that I did was my very first solo release. Um, it was six songs, but it was it's my version of a single. It's basically just a single. No, it's a six-part single. Baker's Dozen is a 13-part single. You know okay. what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. two singles that you got off the entire Billy Pro- Billy Dance Project. Um, so the Billy Dance Project is ongoing. So I'm gonna give you another piece soon, um, and then another piece after that, and then I may give you the album next year. You know, can't I mean? wait for it because I love, I love, like I said, I love the music. I'm a fan, and the mo- and the thing about being a fan is somebody. I only call myself a fan of people because you know I ain't really beat for the fan word, but <laughs> I've been follow- I've been following the MOP since. What was it? Ninety three? I first dropped. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've been I've been rocking since then. I remember the first time I saw y'all in Video Music Box. I went crazy because I never saw y'all anywhere but there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. So right, right. It, it, it was it was bananas for me. And then um, one of the most impactful records you ever made for me was Face Off. And on Face Off, I'm sorry I can't remember the lyrics. I apologize to you for that because you know. It is what it is, and for the sake of time. But um, I'm sad when told the spiders, but first and father too, you should not y'all meet your highness. Like that right there, when you talk about passion, you're talking about your children, and you're talking about your outlook on life. That's right. what made me love Billy Dance, because he was more than just somebody who could talk crazy. He was somebody who's living with a purpose, and he knows where he stands in the game. So thank you for being who you are for hip-hop, and I appreciate you. Thank you very much, bro. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Right. I appreciate that. Word. So let's close this out. I like to do um, rapid-fire questions, which are not yes-no questions. They're just questions that show people how even more intricate and um, intelligent you are because heritage hip-hop is not based on beats and rhymes. We celebrate the entire hip-hop culture through the identity and the intelligence of the MC. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you, brother. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm still going to do it, man. You know what I mean? As long as I can get that energy from people like yourself, I'm going to keep going. All right. That's what I'm talking about. So here's, here's, let's finish out. Here's our rapid fire questions. You ready? Here we go. Let's go. All right. Between um, First Family for Life and, the, and Warriors, MOP was on an unprecedented run that the hood marveled at. What do you think? What album of MOP do you think epitomized the group and or the or the unit as being that team that everybody had to see? I would say to the death. For me, yeah, yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it, it was the first time we did something different in life ever. We've never did anything different from hanging out on the corner or or a uh, majority of negative things. 
So this is something different. I actually, me and Fane, look, on, in, in the middle of the hood in Brownsville, we put out beach chairs so our mom can sit out in the beach chairs. They sat there and watched us shoot a video. It was life-changing for us, whether we mm-hmm. got rich or not. We didn't know where it was going to go, but something different than something negative was, was beautiful for us. So for me, it's to the death. Okay. Great. And that's another classic album. Like I said, Guns N' Roses. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you got you got to be a fan to know that one. Yeah. Say what, say what, say what. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Question number two. Between Rockefeller and G-Unit, M.O.P. has done album. Like you said, you've been on, you've been your favorite rapper's favorite rappers. What what collab song did you enjoy the best and call it your favorite collab? Ah, with with between Rockefeller and G Unit, I think it's Death Becomes You with Fifty. Okay, that was a big. That was the very first record we recorded, and it felt nuts. Fifty was a beast with them hooks, dude. Oh my yeah. god! And yeah. uh, when he sent the joint over, I remember. I think we were in D and D. It was headquarters at the time. Um, and he sent the joint over, and I was like, wow. I recorded that record in about 40 minutes after getting the beat. I recorded my verse because I just liked the feel of the beat, and I liked the way 50 felt on the hook. I was like, this is crazy. So, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorites at, at that time from from uh, uh, from the both uh, from the both um, uh, labels. How about, how about outside of those camps? What was your favorite? Um... Uh, Always like doing records with Buster because he got this energy that's ridiculous. That's true. But, it's so, but, but dude, like we did so many, like it could be one of the joints or, or you know, one of the joints we did with Pond. It could be a joint that we did with Fat Joe. It could be, you know, uh, really to be honest, now that I'm thinking, I think my favorite MOP collaboration of all times, which should have been happening years ago, MOP and Mobgate Street Certified. Yeah, that was a hard one, so. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, it could have been a Pootie Tang record where you couldn't have heard nothing. Just the fact that it was M.O.P. and Mob Deep, I was already sold, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, man. I mean, thank God the St. Marksman came out. I even got the Mash Out Posse Rock album. You know what I'm saying? Yo. Hey, I mean, like I said, I mean, we, I mean, when, when me and my people what we heard, um, the You Don't Know remix, and we was like, they were rock and roll, oh my God! Like, we wanted to hear y'all in Seagull so bad. So then when we got the first, the last, the only, like, that's one of my favorite collabs of all time. Because it was like, that was unorthodox. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, and then not only that, even with G on it, it was like, okay, where are we going with this? Because now you're talking about high tech beats, which leads me to my next question. Same and Premiere are beasts on the on, on the boards. I don't give a like when people be like, yo, they did some yeah, this. I don't give a fuck. You already know Premiere is upper echelon, one of the greatest of all times. But Fame is there too, cause I remember that beat he did with the Sade mix. So your love is my love. I was like, yo, Fame is nice on them boards, and he actually did other beats that people thought Premiere did, and it was his beat. Outside of them, did, uh, I, I think uh, Fame did Rawness. Do you want the Rawness? I think see, yeah, yeah, I think so too. I gotta look at my album credits, yes. But see, even coming from there, y'all have collabed with, like I said, in your unit, two of the best. And you have an album with Snow Goons. 
What type of beats bring the best out of Billy Danza? What is he looking for? I can't say, bro. Like, right huh. now, I don't, I don't know what, what's going to move me. You know what I'm saying? And this is why I'm doing these records like the Six Pack and the Baker's Dozen so that people can see that, you know, it can be, you know, this conversation can spark a record. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to do the same record that that I did or I have the same feeling that I had when I did How About Some Hardcore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, big bro. I'm from Jersey. And you have so much love in Jersey that there's people from here who want to work with you so bad <laughs> that when I told them I had this interview, they were like, yo, make sure you plug me to Big Bro, yo, please, please. Like, they, they're just salivating out here for you in Jersey. Well, bro, if you, you know, I mean, you got the contact, you, you know what I mean? If you know some people out there that want to get something going, you know what I mean? I love Jersey. Now, Jersey is crazy, bro, but Jersey really, I've, I've said this for years from the, the first time I went to Newark Symphony Hall, I said, this feels like home. Like, it's almost like a second home for MOP. Mm-hmm. And, dude, when we got off the stage, we left, went outside, mingled with a bunch of people. And the next day we got up, we like, yo, we still out here. We want, you know, we want to get some butter. We go right to the center of the hood. So the dudes that was at the show, we linked up with them. Dude, they got us in the abandoned buildings, lots, all kind of parking lots. We're taking all kind of wild pictures. Like, we kind of sunk right in there. And the love, dude, that they give us there in New Jersey, man, I, I, I ain't feeling nowhere else. I'm be honest. I'm be honest. Yeah. It's that genuine love. It's that, like, you know, we we go in these to you know anywhere in Jersey, just feel like you going to the family reunion. Cousin them is out here, your homies is out here, your older brothers is out here. You know what I mean? It feels just like that. You know what I mean? I love yeah. it, bro. Work. Yeah, we so love you out in Jersey. Some dudes that want to get in, you know what I mean? Plug it in, bro. Let's work. Well, then we'll do that. We'll do that. For everybody out there who's going to listen to this podcast interview, I know y'all are jealous, but something special going to happen for real. That's right. Let's, Let's go. All right, we got two. We got two more questions, and then we going. We going to ride out. All right. Um, my next question is, is more is more geared to your your future, and nobody's future is written. But I know you want to keep doing music. How do you think Billy Dance changed hip hop? You know what? I don't know if I want to. Hmm. I just, I, and I'm gonna tell you why. Just I can go back maybe you know maybe five minutes ago, where I where I said to you that I love what hip hop is doing for our communities, so I don't want to change that. You know what I mean? Because everybody, you know, I mean, we could sometimes we can all you know a lot of people in the neighborhood could shoot ball, shoot basketballs, or play football, but that don't mean we gonna make it. This is something that's been easy for us to take care of our our family and our friends and our you know what I mean our, our loved ones. So I wouldn't change it because now, look, like artists are making more and more money. We got more control now. We have, the artists have an understanding that this is about us. We don't really need the people that's going to sucker us and, and hustle us out of our money. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The music industry, the music industry, not just hip-hop, but the music industry was designed for the labels to make the money and the artists to become the star. Most mm. artists... Most artists from my mother's time, you know, they pass away broke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, yes. Most artists, a lot of the artists up until the 90s, like most of the artists had no money. They would have something, but 
they wouldn't have, you know, like why is there millions of dollars being made off me and I could just pay my rent and, you know, maybe have a little car and a little pocket money. You know what I'm saying? Like this money yeah. is being made because I'm creating these records and people are liking the records that I create. Not taking the fact, you know, not taking away from the people that invest. But if you're, I'm investing too. You know what I'm saying? If we're going to do business, let's do good business. So I love the way hip-hop is going. I love the fact that the artists have more control and more understanding that this thing is about us. This is this thing of ours. I don't want to call anyone culture vultures. I got some homies that do that. But, you know, because really <laughs> you can't put yourself in a bad situation. You can't be in a bad situation unless you put yourself in it. Yeah. So pay attention to all the you know, all the moves that's being made, all the papers that's being sent to you, everything that you're signing, pay attention to all that. Like, we're not changing hip-hop. We're still moving forward. Right now, dude, we got one of ours that got one of the biggest shows on Showtime, which is 50. We got one of ours running one of the biggest companies and sitting with the heads of the NFL. Uh, we got, you know, a few of ours that's making movies. We got, you know, we got Master P who's doing all of these kind of things. Dude got potato chips and phone cards and cell phones and gas stations. You know what I mean? Like kids from the mm -hmm. same corners. Kids from the same corners that we come from, bro, uh, are now driving beautiful cars. Whatever they do with their money, they do with it. But they're driving beautiful cars and they got big homes. We got one of ours that sold a pair of headphones for a billion dollars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this hip-hop is going, man. The biggest, the biggest genre of music in the world right now. So I wouldn't change it, bro. I wouldn't. All right. I feel like now. See, you inspired another question, so please give me one more. <clears throat> I just want to understand this because, see, when somebody asks me about what is New Jersey hip hop, I have an answer. But see, New York is different because to me, New York is like the Game of Thrones. Y'all have different kingdoms separated by bridges and turned boroughs. You see what I'm saying? Can you define for me what is Brownsville and who are the best MCs to come out of Brownsville? Oh. Master Race, one, mm -hmm. of course. I mean, I could mention MOP, but that's obvious. Brownsville, right? Yep. Sean mm -hmm. Price. You know who's crazy? Um, that boy, Rockness Monster. Oh, yes. That's that. Hey, Helter Skelter's up there, too. Yes. Beast. Rock is a beat. Look, Helter Skelter is one thing. They was dope. They were dope. Yep. But remember, yep. I, I, and I'm only being 100% honest, at that time, in my head, I was in a friendly competition mode, so I didn't hear everything and everybody. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna be crazy with mine. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? That's it. I didn't hear everything and everybody. Plus, I was, you know, drowned in that Hennessy, so I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't hear everybody. <laughs> but let me tell you something. First of all, Sean Price is amazing. Uh, yep. The joint that that Fame just put out. Uh, Miss Bernadette Price and Fame put together. Shout the out to them. Fame is nuts. Mm -hmm. Um. But Rockness, dude, his last album, which I, I don't want to know, I don't know if it was his first solo album, but a solo album that he put out, I want to say, last year. Yes, After Price. He yes. went so nuts on that. Yes, Rock After Price. That's it. Old Rockness yep. After Price. Woo! That boy is crazy. crazy. Yep. GW Bag is a classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got, we got a lot. We got enough dudes over there down there in Brownsville, man. Um, Steel from Smith and Wesson, dope, very dope. Yeah, dope. Yeah. Smith and Wesson period. Uh, but Brownsville, we're talking about. 
Uh, it's, I mean, it's a lot of cats. It used to be some cats down there. I think they, they pulled back out of the game. Um, uh, but they were called Brownsville 300. Okay. And it was so nuts, man. It was like two songs I heard of theirs. I'm sure they had more, but two joints I heard of theirs that was crazy. Crazy. So we got, you know, we got, we got some dudes down there that really get in. Yes, you do. Yeah, Brownsville is a Brownsville seems like a some like like it seems like Brooklyn's a planet and Brownsville is its own world. It seems like because when you hear you hear when, when, um what, what, um what was, y'all have a song when y'all shout out all the um parts of, of Brooklyn and it's like it's so many different parts. Brooklyn is like North times three it seems because it's so big, you, you know. But um, it, it is huge. Yeah. Here's my last question, and this is the most important question I ask every artist. Once again, I'd like to thank you for coming on here. Uh, please drop your social medias before I um, drop the question so everybody knows how to follow you. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, everybody can catch me on, uh, catch me on Twitter at uh, Bill Dan's MOP. Catch me on um, IG, uh, Billy Dan's MOP. You can catch me on Facebook as Billy Dance. And, and hit me for whatever. It don't have to be about no business. Hit me for whatever, man. I got a, I got a, a world full of information, man. You know what I mean? Please. You know what I mean? I'm always here to help. Work. Well, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. Please follow Heritage Hip Hop just the same way on all platforms. And we'll, we'll talk, man, because I, I really appreciate the fact you give me a chance to learn. The Bible says when you find a, a wise man, you wear out his doorstep. So I would love to talk to you for more information if you don't mind. Hit me whenever you want, bro. I'm always here, man. Whenever All right. So here's the here's the final question. Our lives are temporal when it comes to civilization. Billy Benz, unfortunately, has to return to the essence, and his legacy will live on in the world. One day, somebody might dig up a computer and be like, "What the hell is this? We don't even use these no more." And find your discography, or they may find this interview. They may find a music video one day. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to see who Billy Dan's is. My question for you is, because you did hip-hop, how did you make the world better through your legacy? How was the world better because Billy Dan's existed and did it and did life? Wow. That's an amazing question. <clears throat> how to answer it? Jeez, how do you answer that? <clears throat> because it's so much. It's so much that... Uh, I believe that I've done. Um, but I believe that's going to be up to some individual that find that computer or that listens to this interview 60, 70 years from now to dissect, um, you know, to listen to, to, to what I've done or listen to this interview and then go back and try to find some stuff. It could be fun. They may really understand how great of a man I actually am. Or was, right? Uh, so I think that's a question that's not a question. It's something that we leave in the air and hope that someone finds the now version of Cut or the Urban King, Billy Dance, and figure out uh, how great he was and what what his legacy actually means. You know? Well, brother, that, that answer was deep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Look, I, all I can do is give you what I'm feeling, brother. You know what I mean? And I appreciate that. So every, for everybody out there listening, remember, 
This is the most hip-hop quotable rapper to me ever. And if you ever want to, if you ever want to doubt that, just listen to the songs with his voice. They take the words from his verse and make it the hook. Just think about that. Just think about that. So, everybody out there, thank you for listening to Heritage Hip Hop. Once again, we're here with Billy Dance. Make sure you subscribe to the website, www.heritagehiphop.com. And with that, the Baker's Dozen is out right now. Go get it. We say peace, and we out. Salute. Peace, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. Once again, this is Karev. And we have to say a special, special thank you to Billy Dan's one half of MOP and contributor to the first family. MOP is a movement and they've been around for years. And like I said, if you know Karev, do you know that MOP is one of my top three favorite hip hop groups of all time? Hopefully we can get Tef and hopefully Lil Fang. It'll be wonderful. But before we close out, we'd like to give a special shout out to Fatty's Place wildfire marketing and diamonds entertainment also the big a show we are all part of the heritage hip-hop network and we ask you to support all of us fatty's place f-a-d-d-y-s place on instagram diamonds entertainment llc d-i-e-m-e-n-z entertainment llc and wildfire marketing on instagram as well for the big a show look up adr a-H-D-A-Y-A-R on YouTube. You can catch me, Karev, as the uh, <laughs> co-host on the show. More importantly, we're not here to just make things happen. We're here to celebrate you, the hip-hop culture, and all our people. Be sure to follow Heritage Hip Hop and Billy Dance everywhere. Go ahead and support his music. And if you're looking to support Heritage Hip Hop, you can follow us at www.heritagehiphop.com. Heritage Hip Hop on YouTube. Just hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. And with our website, we have free membership to download free music and to support New Jersey hip hop culture. We also have apparel. So if you want to get a Heritage Hip Hop shirt, hoodie or something just like you could go to www.storefrontier.com forward slash heritage hip hop and you could support the team thank you for listening everybody and we'll come to you next time with another great episode and great interview until then we say peace and we out